0: raisin man
1: arena the podcast that like i can't think of what the name of one of them is that like npr makes where they they take issues from today and they trace them back like 75 years and they show you the history of like how we arrived here like i refuse to know the full context of anything that's going on i just take it as it happens like whatever's going on this morning i'm interested in or yesterday
2: it's true and ultimately it's just an illusion the idea that things are connected (laughs) is is a is a story we tell ourselves Everything is actually random and just happening. Totally, right at that it's actually moment. the
1: greatest illusion of all time: is to think that through knowing. That Sometimes I have this like
2: I once read that um, human beings most likely don't perceive all of reality; um, they only see what is evolutionarily advantageous to see. So, like an, an, an easy example for this would be like. There's all these like light frequencies that certain animals can see that we don't see, um, but furthermore, there's many other things that, that we don't see, and so um, and and this article was like we probably see like you know a per, like a small percentage point of all of reality, um, and so I imagine I I, I have this picture of my head of what it would be like if you could come outside of your human brain. And what it looks like is like, you know, when you put pictures in negative, you make them like negative, I imagine Mm. negative, scribbly, and then you hear like, (laughs) like, that's what I imagine uh, that (laughs) reality is like. And uh, and that's the same, I I think like, what if human beings think that, you know, uh, all of history, you know, things sort of follow each other in a kind of causal relationship and that there's like an order and that relationships are like predictable and stable and but in fact if you could be into ex-
1: things and affect future events and yeah, yeah all
2: this but if you could be an alien and see us from outside we're like ants just like <laughs> 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 yeah yeah I think I'm like mad. if you could see if you could see the earth in like really fast motion it would just be people going <gasps> <just laughs> killing each other just like <gasps>
3: absolutely and, and I and I'd be eating little sausages, in, but in it's, fast forward, fast
1: forward, they'd be just sort of like soaring <laughs> into your mouth. But yeah, totally, yeah. nonstop. Yes. Yeah. The I'd be going
3: are like from the toilet to the kitchen. <laughs> for the next twenty years. The aliens imagine, are like,
2: what the fuck is he doing?
3: Okay, imagine if you made a movie that evolutionarily humans couldn't see, because it wasn't useful to them.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, make a movie of this. Yeah, that's a great idea.
3: And it was Transformers. It was like part of the Transformers series. But people
2: would go see it and they wouldn't be able to
3: perceive it. Exactly. Or anything. They would it just wouldn't be- help them mate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I think about this all the time about, like, I think about it in terms of um, how you can't ever know at all what it is like to exist for even one second as any other person besides yourself. Um, it's true. And that if you could spend just even, like, 10 minutes being someone else like you wouldn't be able be it would change everything about the it way you live. I think. Yeah. yeah yeah
3: i think about that often too sarah
1: yeah i'm i'm always like when
2: i see strong people you know i'm like i wonder if i could just be in their body for a second it's like <laughs> if my arms could just you know it'll be like yeah. oh wow when you're like strong like or you know or when you're whatever like um yeah, just like oh, I I have a pain in my back that I've so normalized that now I realize what felt like no pain was actually like horrible pain.
3: <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yes. I often think about what it would be like, Felipe, to be in your brain. Hmm. Just like chemically, what do you think it would be like? how different it was.
1: Well, I would like being on the computer all day and looking at
3: yeah, cooking little links. Yeah. yeah. I guess I wonder. I was like, are there things that I see, and now I'm using the the verb see as a kind of metaphor uh are there things that i would perceive that i perceive that felipe just like doesn't perceive and vice versa it's like there's things that felipe feels and and like literally sees in the world that like i just don't don't see at all i guess like what (sighs) Like you see a little go like a little Goya can of beans. Yeah, <laughs> and I think your yum. eyes light up. Yeah. Think, yummy. Yeah,
0: you see
1: a little guy who follows you around, who's always with you. And yeah, I
0: see. Yeah. A, I see a little Pikachu.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I. Well, I often think Felipe in in relationship to your anxiety. I often think, what would it be like? To be at, like experience anxiety mm. the way you would experience it, and I don't, I'm not sure what it would be like. That, that's um, funny
1: because I try to imagine what it would be like to experience your total lack of your calm,
3: yes, <laughs> deep,
1: deep
2: calm. Yeah.
3: Where like it's not the same. Yes,
1: things happen, and it doesn't just like totally warp your reality like 30 seconds flat, like into a nightmare universe. Like how can you be living just in sort of the even plane? all the time that's like unbelievable totally totally
2: well this has happened often like i've you know it's like we've talked often about the the with like the worst case scenario what getting covid would be like but you seem unshaken by it yeah it seems to like not permeate the membrane totally you're not scared (laughs) to buy by it at all you just
1: open a little file cabinet and you just take the observations and you put them in a little file and you just close it yeah Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i remember i remember once. I was having a lot of anxiety about climate change and like a lot of despair about As the future should, and I was yeah. yeah and I was like I'm so scared and I remember we were on the train and you said yeah you know I'm mostly curious to see what happens wow wow <laughs> that's it I'm mostly curious to see what happens that's inappropriate <laughs> yeah. wild I was like wow imagine if if instead of fear, I could just feel curiosity.
1: Yeah. It's also weird, because I do remember times in my life, like parts of my childhood, where I didn't feel anxiety in this acute way all the time. And, like, things, scary things would happen, and I would just kind of be like, oh, huh, well, that's sort of sad, but I guess I just won't think about it, or, like, something like that. And now it just feels like I can't access that, like, steady way of living anymore, and, and it's disorienting.
0: Mm.
2: Well, I always I always say to my therapist I, I have this... Did you watch Dexter's Lab? Totally. Well, Dexter, there's this episode of Dexter's Lab where, um, he doesn't want to shower anymore. So he laminates himself like, uh, like a driver's license. You remember this? Um, tell me more. He, he sees that a driver's license is laminated with plastic so it can't get dirty. Oh, so he laminates himself. Yeah. So he laminates himself. It's really funny. It is funny. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and dirt hits him and it just sort of slides off and i always thought that i was like oh that's kind of what what my relationship to anxiety is sometimes i and i can't control it but sometimes like my brain is kind of laminated and i'll think oh climate change and i can Sometimes when I'm having anxiety I think climate change and then all of the images of climate change sort of permeate like through a sponge yes. and it, it's this horrible despair and so and so and so I'm like I can't think about it I shouldn't even hear the word or read anything about it but sometimes my brain feels laminated and I hear about it and I hear all the horrible details and they hit my brain and they just kind of bounce off and I'm like oh I can read about it. nothing's happening like it's just it's as if, I don't know, it's, like, yeah. really unexplainable.
1: And I think something that's well, embarrassing is that something that can be extremely penetrating is just, like, a hot take tweet that's, like, just a five-degree different, like, angle on something that I already was scared of, but I'd kind of gotten over the fear. And then suddenly yeah. my day is ruined. And it's just, like, some stupid tweet. Like, I saw one the other day that I really freaked out. It was about mm-hmm. how, like... Um, It'll sound so stupid Like Trump said he was going to build this wall And keep out the rest of the world And now he has built that wall By like not controlling the coronavirus But the wall actually keeps us all trapped inside And like the rest of the world Doesn't want to come here anymore You know Um, And that freaked you out And that freaked me out It's like a corny like dystopian inversion thing But I was like damn That Mm -hmm. is exactly right And that is really Mm -hmm. scary And I ruined my morning
0: yeah.
2: Really? I, yeah That's interesting That doesn't scare that me does particularly scare you. You know,
0: <laughs> Why not?
2: You're
1: not scared of being trapped In America And the rest of the world America's Gets to have fun big. You know in New Zealand America's gets pretty to have big have fun.
2: I kind of I, I can walk around if I yeah. want. No you flights know?
3: to Berlin.
1: <laughs> I just I hate to think of everybody else in the world getting to have fun again, normal style, and we're all stuck here, like.
3: are well, going you know, normal style in Berlin. The price we pay is like. <laughs> I remember being a, uh, like very young and reading about how eventually the sun will go out, go big enough to. To like consume the earth. And that completely terrified me. Like, I, I did have anxieties about dying myself, but then I- a real watershed moment was like realizing that not only would I die, but everything I know would die. And there would be no chance for like reincarnation and stuff like that. And I had months and months where I was incredibly anxious and scared about this concept. And then my father, I- and-, and I give credit to him, I-, I-, I think he really taught me this sort of cavalier attitude but he was just he was always like yeah sam like you'll die you know i'll die and and he kind of encouraged you to to approach it with the kind of a game attitude um and i kind of i try and i try and um channel that through through him whenever like bad experiences happen like wh- whenever i was a child and i was like like you, you know i'd be like dad like do you think I'll die if I, like, jump across this bridge? He'd always, like, caveat it by being like, well, Sam, you'll die one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's cool. And he always reminded you about death as a kid. And, and then the, the last piece of thing he had was, like, he always kept this, like, f- fake human skull on his desk, on his work desk, a kind of like the memento mori, like the renaissance um, uh, concept of, like, a reminder of death. And I always thought that was really cool. That is cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna use that on my kids. I think that's a good idea.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna use it on my kids too. Yeah, yeah.
1: I have, I have two anecdotes
2: of death as a kid. The first was that when we were kids, and American kids don't seem to like have this on their radar, but to me it was like huge. One summer, summer for me in Argentina, it would have been winter here. Wow. uh, (laughs) Scientists discovered that there was a uh, asteroid. Uh, on a collision course with earth um it ended up being that it wasn't that it was like whatever yeah. but for whatever reason it became like a big media cycle in, in Argentina like it was on the news a lot and like talk shows they would make jokes about it and they would on the news they would play these these videos of like a 3d rendered asteroid flying towards the earth and I was really really scared i was really 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 scared like it really freaked me out and i remember my dad i don't know what his i'm kind of curious to ask him but he was like oh you should watch deep impact it's pretty interesting (laughs) it's which is a movie about an an asteroid um but anyways Mm -hmm. that was like that was one I don't know. That was like an early, and I think it's related to the Corona thing where, like, my, my, it's like filtered all through this fear of like catastrophe.
3: Mm. Mm. And what precisely about like the catastrophe like scares you?
2: It's just like no one can do anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so scary, don't you think? It is. It is scary. I, I always get freaked out thinking about death, about the fact that, like, um, Every person essentially that's ever been alive has spent their lifetimes trying to come to terms with like what death is and then even like making art about it to help other people come to terms with it. And no one has fully successfully done that. Like uh maybe some people have decided that they're fine with dying, you know, in a sort of like personal eccentric sense. But like overall, you won't arrive at any kind of answer or like conclusion that will save you in any way. So you just know that from the beginning.
3: Yes, Yes. Well, yes, in the sense that you don't arrive at a kind of understanding of what death experiencing, what death is. But I think there's a lot of cool art about it.
1: For sure. For sure. (laughs) Um, I was going to say this about uh, explaining stuff to kids. I saw this infographic um, about how you explain that the cops are bad to your children. And it was very cute and it was really straightforward. Did you guys see this? No, I I didn't see it. Um, And it was just kind of like the cops uh, are nice to some people and protect some people, but they treat other people really badly and are totally unfair, and you (laughs) and you can't trust them. um, Was essentially the gist of it. And I, it was a good explanation of that unfairness principle. But I was like, it doesn't really explain like if I was a little kid and someone told me that like the questions that that would bring to my mind about like. But we pay them to the, the, the state has like a, an armed group of people who we don't trust to actually take care of us. And like our tax money goes to that. And a lot of people do believe that they're good. Like everything that's complicated about it is not explained by the fact that they treat people unfairly. Um, so I don't know. I just thought it was weird to think of like explaining this to your kids, like impossible to understand if you're a child that like we would have a, a system like this that is predicated on like we all know it's unjust, but we uh, have it anyway.
3: Yeah yeah so so basically like b- cop like patrol systems were based on sort of like slave patrol systems yeah. from the uh from the er- latter part of the 19th century and uh yeah it's all this stuff about cop unions you know it's really hard to like when the city bargains with the cop unions for them to have any sort of teeth and yeah. firing cops. you see
1: when a country it, is based in colonizing other nations abroad eventually they bring those colonizing techniques back home this is the
2: completion mm-hmm. of a circle yeah, and then yeah. the kid is like
1: the kid is like I just want to play Nintendo.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: You're like, And when a man and I a just woman wanna play love Nintendo. each other very much, they want to be as close to each other as possible. I, don't think like, I want to hear about Paris. this. <laughs> I want to hear about this one.
2: No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to woke my kid up.
3: I, I, She's got, really I'm going like- to teach, I'm going to
1: teach my kid dialectics.
2: Yeah, gonna learn, ho- I'm gonna the learn the humor- what that
0: is and then I'm gonna teach it to circle. them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A to B, but then B is actually different than it was once
3: was. One yes. more turn of the screw. You have to do one more turn of the screw. Yes. <laughs> That's what you're the, gonna say to your the kids. Slave
2: and master uh dynamic.
3: Yeah. I really will relish the the part of my child's life where they like ask me questions about everything.
1: Rain. How wh- where does rain come from? <laughs> Let, Let me
2: ask you this though. What <laughs> if you had what if you had a total nonce of a child? A total, a total wet brick.
3: No curiosity No curiosity,
2: doesn't care. (laughs) care. Not even about
1: electricity,
2: doesn't even want to know about electricity. It's like, yeah, whatever, it's there, I don't need to know what it's about.
1: As long as it works, my brother. Yeah, it's fine by me. That'd be kind of cool. I'd be curious about why they're so uncurious, and I would have a lot of questions for them about
3: how they're getting by like that.
1: My fear is having kind of a brick wall of a kid, (laughs) just
2: like a kid who just doesn't. doesn't You just got to ask it
3: questions Yeah. day yeah my mom I, in like home videos my mom would always be like what do you have there and it would be like a stick and she'd be like and what's its name that's funny <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's really funny you just have to like and the, and when you ask kids you realize they like have an answer like they just they don't think it's weird or that you're playing a game with them yeah
2: you know? <laughs> um what you know how you know how people are like people are always like oh i'll accept my kid no matter what but like what could your kid do that you would be like oh this sucks <laughs> I feel like there are things your kid could do that you'd be like,
1: I don't like this.
3: If they thought the police were good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they, they,
2: they sort of spontaneously created
3: that thought in their head. There's yeah. actually a couple bad apples, dad. It's actually yeah. all about getting rid of the bad this. apples. And they joined for yeah. good
1: motivation. So that carries them through. Um, Yeah, but if my kid told me that the
2: police's role was because the state needs to have a monopoly on violence, I wouldn't know what to say. (laughs) They would stump me then. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Peter was telling me a story earlier today about how he was a bully to this one kid at elementary school. And he was kind of describing to me what he did and how his parents, when they found out he was a bully because the the, the parents of the bullied kid called his parents, Uh, they were really, really mad at him. But I remember knowing this kid and that kid was like really annoying. The kid he bullied and like. So he deserved it? (laughs) (laughs) Just that it put Peter in a difficult position because Peter was really popular in elementary school and this kid really wanted to be in his friend group. But everyone found him kind of annoying. And I feel like if that was my kid and my kid was a bully, I'd be like, you can't bully, but I know where you're coming from. Like that's you're in between a rock and a hard place with that kind of thing. Yeah, that kid needs to be put in his place. (laughs) Well, that kid's got to figure something else out. I mean, you can't just expect people to pretend that they like you. Because it's hard to do, and I don't. It's do ingenuine. Think,
2: do you think that? Do you think that bullying has like a has like a, a positive uh, social role? Absolutely not. Teaches? Absolutely not. You
1: don't think so? <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't get
3: all Dave Chappelle no. on this. <laughs> yeah. These kids
1: need to get bullied. No.
2: Kids yeah. need. To I get
3: just get think hit. kids
1: don't have a lot of tools for how to deal with this kind of thing, and that's just a tough spot. And I don't know. I yeah. When you have someone you don't like who's around you all the time bothering you, hard to deal with, so.
2: Yeah, but I mean, bullying is, you know, because a kid can be like, stop annoying me. But bullying is when the kid, you know, when, when the kid goes on the offense, totally. you know, yeah, and the kid's being cruel. That's a step too far. That's a
1: step too far. Yeah.
3: I think having a child who would be like immensely uncommunicative and wouldn't want mm. to be around me would be very difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: i think what, what if they were writing a sonata in their in their room or something
3: They're just a child prodigy yeah. <laughs> and they need space to yeah. do their works yeah
1: it's
2: really it's really beautiful music but you're like i would just rather you talk to me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'd rather go kick a ball
1: you know in the yard i don't i yeah i don't know what to do with this um
3: they demand like a steinway to Be put in their room at like age six, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so they can practice.
1: I think I would have an issue with um, my kid wanting me to pay for their college because I'm never going to be able to do that. So, really, yeah, what am I ever going to have $250,000 (laughs) or like whatever it would cost? That would make you mad. I'd be mad. I'd be like, I tried to teach you college was a scam, and here you are making me feel bad that I can't go, yeah. Yeah. Thinking it sounds fun, and that you you'd yeah you want to do it. That would suck.
3: Yeah, I'm really hoping it's going to be all public by the time we have kids. Yeah,
1: I mean this coronavirus thing's really hopefully going to do a a number on the
3: institutions.
1: So I remember I remember being
2: really into like there was like a point in high in college when I was interested in in like the history of private universities, and it seems like a kind of it's taken for granted that like the the private university bubble like can only burst like there's no way it can keep sort of going up and i guess with coronavirus that's like doubly true but i really don't see a way that for the next 50 years we're going to have the same thing
3: yeah i think it's already happened in the sense there's that there's already a bunch of private colleges have already like closed in the past like three to five years i think more and more are going to go into bankruptcy
2: nice Yeah.
3: Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Just before we got on to do this podcast, I was watching, um, my friend Emma is the producer of this, like, uh, play festival at dartmouth um and they, they're doing it all on zoom this year and i watched one of the plays and it was very good and it was about um really on zoom yeah it was on it zoom was and it was good they only did like the first two scenes of it you know it was like a workshop um but it was good they just huh. made it cool for zoom and uh <clears throat> it was about three uh black girls who go to brown you know they don't name what the school is um but it's like the first week of college and they have to go through all of these like extremely corny orientation activities um that are just like unbearable to watch like how uncomfortable they are and annoying uh and it reminded me of the first week of college and how awful i I have only bad memories of like the beginning of being college um really yeah and i don't know i was just thinking about like is there something about like white American culture specifically that's really corny? Or is there like corniness in all kind of like oppressive colonial cultures or like, you know, like that was sort of the predominant theme of it was like these white people in this institution, you know, they're racist. That's that's the worst part of it. But sort of on the surface level, they're also extremely corny in this way. That's like unbearable. Um And I just wondered, like, why? why it- well, well, I
2: think I think that the thing about college is like college orientation is that it's infantilizing. And I think that the reason is infantilizing is related to the reason that colleges are bad, which is there are these like, you know, places where young people can go to have this like extended protected experience, yeah, protected experience. And at the same time, they're like customers of this, of this like thing that to some extent they don't like really have that much of a choice. Like you, if, if you can't afford to go to college or even if you need to take out loans, like you kind of have to in order to like, uh, have class mobility or stability. So it's like, you're both being infantilized, treated as a kid. Meanwhile, you know, you're paying them $50,000 a year. Yes. And so it's like, and that, that, that is
1: corny. That's bad. Yes. And you're like laying the foundation for your adult life, presumably in this like coddled, embarrassing kind of environment. Yeah. Hmm
3: it's also and i think this is like an advent of the like 80s and 90s that i don't think really exists anymore but also like we're americans of a certain like socioeconomic status are taught to believe that college really is supposed to be the most exciting best years of your life yeah isn't that sad (laughs) and there's all these movies built around like partying in college and and selling college as like being really fun um and that's kind of bizarre and I don't think that exists in other countries.
2: Well no, cuz colleges aren't the, the main thing they're selling is precisely that. Like colleges in other countries don't have like dorms and concerts the that gym. They set up and yeah. like gyms <laughs> and like lifestyle shit. Yeah. Um, that's all the like nice ice cream
1: social. Yeah. Right.
3: <sighs> and they should. <laughs> it's I do cool. Think they should. It's cool. I wish I
1: hadn't been depressed the entire time. It would have been so much more fun. <laughs> I liked
2: college. Sometimes I feel lame for admitting it, but I had a good time. Yeah. Good ass time. Well, I'm very and happy not, not that you even,
1: did. Huh? I'm happy that you did. I think that's great.
2: Yeah, well, I feel with Sam, I'm like, he really didn't like it. And I was like, it's fun. You get to read. You get to hang out with friends. You get to
3: make no, stuff. No, you know, in retrospect, it was fun. But at the time, it wasn't. <laughs> like, it, I can say definitively that I have rose-colored lenses. And I'm like, yeah, this was really fun and awesome. And I think I had a good time. And I, I really was accumulating stuff that, that's worth keeping in my in my brain. But at the time, I, I really don't think I was that uh happy and that that is also a truth i think i can honor as well
1: oh yeah yeah i always think this about memories like memories that are bad are like more fun to think about later memories that are actually really good make you sad later because you're like oh i wish i could go back um oh that's kind of true but sometimes you can just be like well i'm glad that that's there
3: at least i was happy once for sure yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's i love thinking about the good memories Hmm.
1: i just think it's funnier to think of the bad memories like when you really like have a bad memory and you share it with someone who also has that bad memory it's just nothing feels better to me than that wait what
3: do you mean by a bad memory that's like commiserating though
2: um like what what counts because there are bad memories that i can imagine you wouldn't want to think about like really traumatic stuff. sure oh yeah like something really <laughs>
1: horrible happening yeah th- <laughs> that's bad but just like i don't know mild humiliations i remember like going to a party and like being just like way too high the entire time because of just like, doing edibles before and like really embarrassing myself in a kind of public way there and like it's horrible it was horrible what was happening but when i think about it i talked to the people who were there with me it's very funny
2: can i ask you something okay so sometimes you know you do something one does something that's like cringy or embarrassing and then it's funny to tell people afterwards but is there stuff that like you still like can't bring yourself even with a long, oh, ti- yeah. a long time <laughs> you can't bring yourself to tell people about it yes I have things I did when I was like like eight or nine that I, I can't say out loud because I'm so embarrassed
1: about them yeah yes yeah. I had sex in a bathroom at a party once that only had like one bathroom and like everyone knows that that's what I was doing. Oh, yes. Yeah. I told you this before. And like, <laughs> I can talk about it, but when I remember it, sometimes I remember it, like right before I'm about to masturbate, cause I'm just being like thinking of the different sexual things. And I remember this is like this horrible sexual memory, not because it was bad, but just because everything around it ended up being so humiliating. And then I like, can't get off i'm like too upset by it it was there when (laughs) you
2: came out were there people uh, were there people up? almost everybody
1: left because they were like pissed (sighs) off and the people who were hosting the party were like standing there like hmm Hmm. Like <laughs> waiting for them to come out. They were mad at you. They were mad. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't think.
3: Wow. What a queen.
1: <laughs> no, what a no. badass.
2: Do, what a do, badass. No, they they did like, your you partner
3: leave first?
1: No, we stayed, and the people who were hosting the party went to bed, and because they were pissed at us, and they wanted to make a point of it, and we just stayed and smoked all their weed because they had like left it Wait, out. How in the living long? Room. <laughs> how long
3: was the sex? You like went right to the fridge and helped <laughs> yourself to food in their fridge after you had sex in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> so we
1: stayed. It must have only taken us like twenty minutes at the. The most like it couldn't have been that long, but I swear to God that like, we went in there. The party was happening while we were in there. Like people were knocking. I could hear people outside being like, "We need to pee," but there are people in there having sex. And like,
0: no. <laughs> oh no,
1: yeah. And um, Wait, then we left, it- and like the party was over when we walked out. And I was like, "Oh, I think
3: like what a badass." Was Sarah. it
1: exciting in the moment at least? <laughs> no, because
2: I no.
3: could not even
1: in the moment you felt i'm embarrassed so this is bad so embarrassed and i was like there's no way out but forward we're just gonna keep staying the party's (laughs) over they've gone to bed but we're still here Uh, you were like i'm embarrassed but i'm not leaving until we come
3: that you like plugged the, the sink and the, and the tub and just like ran the water and just left
1: <laughs> yeah I was just drunk so I didn't really think of it in a like how do I minimize the impact of like what's going on I, it was just kind of like we're on the down part of a roller coaster so you know you just gotta keep riding the, the gravity <laughs> yeah, out that yeah. reminds me one yeah. time I got called
2: I got called by a scammer who was like we're calling from like Blue Cross Blue Shield whatever and he's like I'm just gonna need this information and I kept saying and I kept noticing i was like this isn't right this doesn't this doesn't feel right and it would be like Look, I don't have time right now, and he'd be like, "We're almost done. We're almost done." So now I'm gonna need this, and he and with that line, he got me through like three rounds of information. Nothing bad. I didn't give him like social or anything, but mm. but I give him my like birth date and my name, and he was like, "We're almost done. We're almost done here." So I, that's how I imagine you. You're, people are knocking. You're like, "We're almost done." It just keeps going for like hour, like twenty minutes. You're like, "All right, we're almost done." We're almost exactly. Done.
1: Exactly. And like, it just sucked. Like, people didn't like my relationship that I was in, so that was also part of it. it was like, and here's Sarah's mm. like having sex in the bathroom but this person like nobody wants her to be like
3: having sex with or she should mine. be having sex with you <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah I think everyone was mad because they wanted to be having sex and they were just jealous and they were just
1: jealous because we were doing it because <laughs> they were going to do funny. it later at the earliest and we were just doing it then yeah
0: that'd
3: they be so like, funny fuck that's what yeah. I
1: want to do what they're doing in there <laughs>
3: Sarah, we need to have sex in there. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have sex so bad. <laughs> there are about 12 people waiting outside to have sex in there right now. <laughs>
0: people
2: yes. are like people are like like oh fuck we didn't get to like now i'm having sex outside of the bathroom like i was running to the bathroom to have sex but now i'm having sex at
1: the door Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh. damn yeah and Can then the,
2: i ask you wait sorry i was finish, gonna say then, then just
1: another worst thing that happened later was like people who weren't at the party then knew about it because that's how like annoyed everybody was uh, by it that later mm, i was like uh, one of my friends was like hey i heard you had sex at the bathroom at a party um why'd you do that like <laughs> i really can't believe no one was like. Cool. Cool, dude. Sick move. That's what I that thought. that is cool. Yeah. I thought I was being kind of like, you know, unhinged in a, like a fun college way, but people didn't um, think it like that before uh, you
2: did it was were you like let's have sex in the bathroom were you making out and you're like we have to have
1: sex now is it like
2: <laughs> the, you know as you were arriving to the party it would be funny if we had sex in the bathroom? like how what was the premeditation level? um
1: we had always talked about like when we hooked up before like oh when we go to a party sometime we should have like sex in the bathroom and then just like we were at this thing we were bored and we were both drunk and i just suggested it you know we were not making out it was not sexual at all it was just sort of like i think this would be funny to do even like so it was fully premeditated it was fully pre- Premeditated, wow. and then it did
3: not pull this off in the really way that I imagined off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Did Let, any, Let's
3: let's have sex in the one room that people need. Yeah. Did at you a party. at any
0: point? Did you at any point sort of calculate
2: that there was only one bathroom and sort of figure that into your decision-making process?
1: No. For some reason, I was just like, "What's two people having sex in the bathroom for a little?" You know, people will totally. I just seemed yeah. like such a non-big deal to me, and it turned out to be like this is the thing Huge. everybody at the party like hates the most when someone has sex in the bathroom. Like, who could have guessed? I mean, yeah. even 20 minutes seems
2: like not that long. Maybe it was longer than
1: because long it, it seems like it would have had to be for everyone to leave, like I know that they did, because I remember it extremely clearly. They left because there wasn't a bathroom? That was my sense. I mean, it's possible the party just ended by coincidence, but it just was eerie how I could send, I could hear the frustration of people outside talking to people whose party it was, and then everyone was gone, and then they went to bed, like all like that.
2: So, so you, were, you were having sex, you were bumping and grinding, and then you heard someone outside say oh fuck they're having sex I'm so mad and yeah. that didn't like instantly make you like oh, I can't do it like didn't that just totally throw your focus
1: off I don't know Wow. I don't know yeah we kept That's going incredible. we did not stop in for that a, so. sh- wow. a sure
3: shot a steady hand so this is to say there are memories yeah. <laughs> that I
1: have that are bad that it makes me laugh a little bit to talk about it but mostly I feel really bad and even thinking of people listening to this I'm like oh gosh but I don't, I don't really care yeah
2: i gotta
3: go pee
2: well, i guess i'm thinking of stuff like that i'm like it's not even like i'm trying to think if there's anything bad i just i was thinking the other day about a thing that I'd, i i literally can't remember what it was but it was something that like the statute of limitations had fully passed by which i mean like i shouldn't be embarrassed about doing this thing anymore like i was little 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 um or like sometimes i i'm like why Why am I embarrassed to talk about something that I did when I was 12? Like, it's okay to be dumb dumb at 12. Like, why would that... But I feel like there was something that I was really surprised. I was like, I've never told anyone this because I'm mm. so embarrassed to even sort of say it
1: out loud. I feel and like- it was something dumb. I, well, you should, if you remember it, you should say what it is. I'll think of it. Yeah. I feel like I've almost gotten this relationship now with um, telling stuff that's embarrassing. Like, I feel like I realized that when you tell to other people, it neutralizes its power. And now I tell things like- Even when something's happening, I'm like, I'm never telling anyone this is humiliating. I'll just call someone later that night and tell it to them because I can't bear to like have the secret embarrassing thing. And then I feel like it's led to me not having any secrets anymore and just being a little bit too, um, all the furniture is out on the lawn or something. Like I just feel bad. Well, that's what's surprising to me, which is that I tend to be someone that
2: says everything to everyone. Like I don't, I usually say how I feel to all of my friends but then that's why I was especially surprised to discover things that I didn't want to say. I was like, why? What about this makes me so embarrassed that I would not tell anyone about it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Um. Oh, <laughs> well, I kind of wanted to talk about, I hope this is OK, Sam, but well, if people had if people listened to maybe the last episode or the previous episode, we talked about a person that Sam
1: uh, was dating and uh, brought Sam's to a Sam's budding of romance, July. yeah. <laughs> brought her to a 4th <laughs> of July picnic. That me and Felipe were also at. We
2: were at, and we kind of roasted Sam about it. Um, and subsequently, do you want to say what happened, Sam? <laughs> Damn, damn. Should just set
3: me up and then Throw do me the disservice of having to describe what happened? She's someone we
1: talk about frequently on the podcast, so you'll sort of be familiar with her, not by name, but by sort of figure <sighs> wow. reputation. I kind of want to explore this
2: topic because I feel pretty bad. I feel bad about it personally. <laughs> about
1: what you said or okay. just about what happened? Huh? About what you said or about what happened? Well, uh, as we
2: develop the uh, the story,
1: I'll explain oh, what sure. I feel bad about. Okay.
3: She she broke up with me.
1: Aww, how'd she do yeah. it?
3: She said <laughs> she we were driving. Me and my friends were driving somewhere that I can't name. <laughs> oh, we can. Will said that we can. Oh, we hey, can. Uh, okay. <laughs> was driving up to upstate to, to film something, and while <laughs> I was in the car driving, I got a text from her that was like, "Hey, can we talk later?" And I was I. I handed my phone back to Will and I was like, Will, will you text her, text this woman and say um, that I will be out of the car at around 8 p.m. And Will did this text where he was like, did a cute little like emoji, like winky face smile. Wait, it was so funny to
2: hear him say it. He he wrote like he was like, hey, we'll be out of the car later. (laughs) it was like the tongue out and little beady eyes tongue out
3: winky face smile cute cute
0: (laughs) and then I got out of the car (laughs)
3: Uh, so cute just imagine like driving in the car for like four hours and not having had dinner and you arrive at this like foreign place at like 9pm and so I was like really tired and hungry and then I like got on this call and she was just like yeah like I don't want to you know this isn't working for me and, and, you you know, like I, I, I don't know if it's worth going into the details, but she's, you know, kind of like quintessential, like breakup language. Like she even said like, let's be friends and stuff like that. And, and I was like, totally cool. And I I think I tried to just handle it as diplomatically as I could, but I was very both hungry and tired and then like bummed out about that. But yeah.
1: Mm. I was surprised to hear that she called you. Um, I would not have called. You went on two, three dates.
3: Three dates. I would have
1: just texted and said, uh, I'm, not, I'm not feeling it. I don't think you have to call. I think that there's a little bit overemphasis on people like not wanting to be like a... Fuckboy boy style or not wanting to be like immature that leads people to be like I need to call or we should meet up and, and talk about this and I'm like yeah. no no way if you haven't made any formal commitment you don't need to make any formal statement <laughs> totally. and you don't even need to give any reasons I don't give anybody reasons unless like you are actually someone I'm like in a relationship with because the reasons are just like I don't I don't like you that much or something <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah no and I don't think you do need to give reasons and I, I think she you could tell she didn't want to like hurt my feelings and didn't think I was like a bad guy or something so she She at least did me the service of sort of making up like diplomatic reasons to say, but, but it's also incumbent upon you if you're being broken up with, especially at that stage, just be like, yeah, totally. I understand Thanks for telling me. Totally. Like you don't want to like ask you don't want ask why yeah. they're like what breaking the up with you. Yeah. I thought yeah. we were doing great. It's totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, what the exactly.
2: fuck? No, <laughs> you let me on. What mentioned?
3: about me, like specifically? Yeah. Maybe you could send that in a if text message. If you give message. me some
2: feedback, I'll be able to apply that, and the next time I like someone, I can do the stuff. Yeah. Or in this I time, can, or, or this time. time around, we can try it again. Just give me the feedback. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's what happened, but it's kind of doubly embarrassing only in the sense that we've talked about her twice before on the podcast and she listened to both episodes precisely because I told her, I was like, oh, it's funny, like we talked about you on the podcast and then she went, went ahead and listened to it.
2: Well, this is precisely what I feel bad about, which is that by bringing her up, and I believe at least one of the times I brought her up and I kind of lightly you know i was sort of roasting sam a little bit not like intensely or anything but you um, roasted sam for
1: being nervous seemingly for being was,
2: nervous yes yeah. and
1: oh. i think i'm like
2: well first of all i didn't think she would listen like why would you listen you know it's like she's not gonna listen yeah. She's a person it, like, podcast an hour and a half yeah yeah totally i didn't think of it but then it's like oh i feel bad like maybe i i feel a little responsible like what if we just made her think that you know, it's like, whoa! I'm like on two episodes of this po- fucking eight, a podcast that has had eight episodes. Like,
0: wow. um, <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> she's like, I don't, really don't want to be part. I, of, I don't want to be part only of this thing universe t- tying these people together. Oh, God, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, <laughs> do you think that was part and, of it,
1: Sam? Oh no, keep going.
3: It. Well, well, I mean, said- I'll
2: just say Go this, ahead. and I, I do want Sam to, to, to clarify this because it's precisely why I feel bad. But it's like. <laughs> It's like we, I, um, we just are looking for shit to talk about, you know, it's like, and Sam's gone on a few dates and he's like, especially open to talk. So it's like, it's not, um, I don't know. I don't know. It it just feels like if I was an out, I can understand how an outsider would hear that and be like, holy shit, this is (laughs) pouring too deep.
1: But, um, but I feel bad. I also feel bad. That we put it on Sam to talk so much about his sex life. I feel like I don't talk about my shit because anyone I'm hooking up with potentially listens to this podcast or definitely does. And uh, so I wouldn't want to. And so well, I appreciate to be clear, your willingness nobody to... Nobody has to talk
2: about anything they don't want to talk nobody about. Nobody has to talk
1: about anything. But then it yeah, turned out that true. the person that Sam was hooking up with did listen to the podcast. So you actually assumed a risk that I personally would never do.
3: Yeah. Well, one, Sarah, your your anecdote about having sex in the bathroom has sort of upped your XP points oh, on talking about your sex yeah. life. So, <laughs> so you're all good in that department. And then secondly, I was like... I think part of me thought and thought wrongly that like, oh, I think I thought it would be kind of charming for her to be like, oh, this guy like was nervous on the date and he talked about me on his dumb little podcast yes. and stuff like that. I think that's and fairly
1: think, charming potentially. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And and I guess I was like, oh, this is casual and a silly thing, and and I think it freaked her out, and I think it freaked her out because she was like in the breakup thing. She was like, I can just kind of tell you're like into me and like really into me and i i just like i think i just want to be friends you know and i was like and i was like oh did i like really freak her out (laughs) by like what like did i say something on the podcast that like made me think i was like like psycho for this lady or something (laughs) like that but i don't think so I, i think oftentimes when you're breaking up with someone you just find like gentle lies or or possibly believable lies yeah or, or dumb things to say and and maybe there's truth in it but it's like it's not worth prying yourself apart based on a, someone you went on like three dates with was like this is why i can't date you you know
1: totally yeah this is why i don't feel like i don't give reasons because like one we don't actually consciously know why we do and feel the things that we do and feel right. so I, I i why do i gotta generate a whole thesis on why I don't want to be your girlfriend after we went on three dates. You know, it doesn't make sense. Um, not that she totally. did that. If she's listening to this, uh, I, I have no problem with your approach. I just would do it differently.
2: If you're listening to this, you hurt my friend. You <laughs> well, fucked I'm up. Gonna, and
3: I'm, gonna I'm gonna send coming this to, to her. <laughs> her. <laughs> you're on the, on the podcast again? <laughs> Damn. You got on
0: the podcast again? Damn. You were right to get out. Because,
1: like, this was... We hey, talked about it after just, two dates. Imagine if you would really, like... <laughs>
3: Just kind Dang of got nice. everything off my chest on the podcast that I wanted to say to you, and also there's apology from Felipe on it as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, imagine that absolute
2: loser. <laughs> oh my god Um, uh, I just had I have a few thoughts and I was best able to articulate them on the podcast so here you go it's on minute 11
3: (laughs) here's like a SoundCloud link and also if you want to listen on YouTube here's the link as well And it's going to be on the Apple podcast store uh,
0: horrible loser Um,
1: so Sam what are your next steps
3: my next steps how are you healing Yeah. I was on Tinder today, and that that was just really my way of taking a nap. Extremely but
1: rewarding, I'm sure. I'm,
3: I got a new haircut. I'm I'm trying to dress better. My all my boys are surrounding me, kind of gassing me mm-hmm. up. You know, Felipe and Will are help, helping me dress better. You know, they're telling me I'm like that they love me and that I'm good at stuff. You know, stuff like that. It's so, so like, funny. I got my boys with me in
2: quarantine. We're like cutting our own hair, but what that results in is in haircuts happening over the course of an entire week. Like, Sam did, a, <laughs> Sam did a first... He did a first pass, like, on Monday. Then he's like... To Will, he's like, can you sort of, like, you know, clean it up? And Will's like, yeah, yeah, He did tomorrow. a fine cut. Yeah. N- next day, he's cutting again. Next day, like, they're in the bathroom. I'm like, I thought you already cleaned this up. What's going on? <laughs> Picture totally. lock. Yeah.
3: Totally. And you just... Every time you look in the mirror, you're like, is this me? Is this... <laughs> <laughs> you know? So... There's a lot of self-discovery happening largely around kind of sartorial choices and choices with my hair. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll i probably try and find another girlfriend. And dear listeners, if if you would like to date me or know someone who would, um, you know, hit me up. I should try and get on the OK Stupid podcast. You
0: already. <laughs> oh, Yeah, again. <laughs> what, did
1: that work out with the person I matched you with? On the episode you were on if, it, if you're listening okay stupid is um comedians that we're friends with have a podcast where they do matchmaking and sam was on it
3: yeah check it out on uh their apple instagram pages or an apple Podcast. yeah um they the person i matched with was like 22 and like not even in this like not in the same kind of cultural sphere as me at all
1: whoa they matched you um, someone from a different cultural sphere
3: I know That's big
2: mistake. So- well, she she well, was well, she was she was from a Kazakhstani milieu, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 traditional uh, uh, Indonesian
1: Muslim, yeah, trade based culture, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. She didn't understand yeah, uh, anything about saving uh, money, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> investing, which Sam is this kind of things he cares about. <laughs> Um, she, well, it's funny, on that podcast, you know, uh, Caroline Caroline was like, well, I picked you, like, I get to pick a guest, and then my friend gets to pick the other guest, and so she, she picked the other guest, and, and it's funny, because, like, her friend doesn't know me at all, so it's like, how would you even know there would be a match?
0: Yeah,
1: so they're Um, not really out there trying to. Make the match totally. sound like
3: and this this listener is really why the Raisin Man Arena podcast has no concept. It's kind of just three friends talking, you know, because once you once you develop a premise for a podcast, it, it really quickly becomes unwieldy and out of control and doesn't make sense. And this one is just a place where yeah, we can talk about I, how we feel about what I, we're feeling. I
2: wish that, that serial had been just Sarah Kane and kind of riffing. About the announced case, (laughs) just sometimes (laughs) calling it non. Yeah, having kind of loose conversations, (laughs) doing dick jokes.
1: Yeah, Yeah. approximating certain information that she remembered. Yeah, that would have been way better.
2: Talking about like sex she had had.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that's why we do that.
2: Um, yeah. No, I wouldn't ever. I wouldn't talk about someone I was seeing on the on here. Seems like a horrible Damn. idea. I don't know why the fuck you did it, Sam. Well, Felipe, He's I think up. that's the
3: kind of horrible. vulnerability that I want to encourage in you. Mm. No,
1: man, and it's funny because Felipe will really bear it all, but just not on the
3: on the podcast. I know. Yet. I was just totally. thinking,
1: like, yeah. you know,
2: I think that I th- this I listen I listen to podcasts twenty four hours a day. I'm like, because I animate, so I'm just listening to podcasts. So I love I love podcasts. I love just hearing people talk and i think that i'm realizing now from doing this for uh eight episodes uh that that like the magic is to make you think you're being let in on like a intimate private moment but it's like you can't actually talk about almost anything that you really feel um or because you don't want to talk about people in your life um so like i mean it's i have fun I, i like doing this but it's also like damn like I just can't say all the shit that I wish yeah. I, that I feel yes. every day. And I have all these thoughts and I'm like, I just can't because that's about someone or I don't want to share that. Yeah. Or
3: totally. you know,
2: unless, unless you don't have any privacy, like in Howard Stern in private parts, when he talks about having a baby and he simulates a conversation with God and then his uh, wife is mad at him. Did you guys ever see that movie?
1: But I know what you're talking about. Why does his wife get mad at him? They're <laughs> talking about their she- baby
2: yeah because i think she like loses a uh, a pregnancy like has a miscarriage and then he simulates a conversation with god about why god won't let them have a baby and then she's mad at him i got really horny watching that movie in uh, when i was a kid
1: Well will check it out then it's a pretty horny (laughs) movie yeah Yeah, it's funny. It makes you realize how much like regular social life is just like pivoting to different people and sharing different sort of secret things with different people strategically such that, you know, that like you won't really get in trouble. But once you have an open ended audience, that can be just like anyone in your life at any time uh, becomes really difficult to do. Even with doing stand up, like knowing exactly who is going to be in the audience informs like what I'm going to talk about. Um, Mm. Yeah. And so to Mm -hmm. do anything even that's just like recorded and knowing it's going to be out there forever is like, okay, well. Then the audience is like literally every person I I ever knew, more or less, so...
3: Yeah, I, I one time I did a stand up in college where I mentioned my ex girlfriend oh, by name and See, she got incredibly mad at I'll me. I'll say That's this: I'm
2: amazed wacko. you're even talking about it now. Yes, <laughs> it's incredible you're bringing this up at this moment. Yeah. yeah, there's
3: no way that person listens. <laughs> <to the swag laughs> and even if she
2: did, you already
3: <laughs> fucked it <laughs> up. So it's just yeah, the same totally. mistake again. No, there's yeah. nothing. No matter how many episodes I send her, <laughs> she's <laughs> not. She's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, but that taught me a, a a a quick lesson about never mentioning people in in your stand up set by name.
1: Yeah. I got someone got mad at me a couple of days ago or not really mad. He was sort of nice about it, uh, but a little like thrown off by the fact that he had told me something personal and I had told it to somebody else. And then that person kind of circled back around with him and was like, Hey, Sarah told me you said this thing, uh, which is, you know, sort of my nightmare <laughs> for someone to do that to me. Um, no, totally. And he told me, he was like, it's okay that it happened. But I guess I just kind of thought that even though I know you gossip about everybody else's business to me, that we had like an understanding. And I was like, no, I don't have an understanding with anybody. Um, So, you know, you, know, you gotta understand that that like there's no no special deals there's no back room anything like people tell me shit I turn around I tell it to somebody else and that's just how it goes I
2: used to be really bad at keeping secrets I was like notoriously bad at it And I it's fun tell. not to it's fun not to keep secrets totally but now I'm pretty good at keeping secrets hmm why? Because you having fun with that? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> what
3: was the moment? I think
2: my frontal lobe just finished developing. Like mm. I, I really think that now the the idea of someone finding out I like give away their secrets scares me enough that I don't want to do it. Whereas before it before it was like the like the risk the risk part of my brain wasn't developed, so I was like I can just tell anyone this. It doesn't matter.
3: <laughs> okay. yeah. Will you tell Sarah the story of when Starla went to. Um, went to harvard to perform and you tried to like
2: oh this is something i'm embarrassed about i'm even embarrassed to talk about going to harvard to perform starla
1: is a brown improv group hard to get into
3: not just anybody can get in it
2: (sighs) and they went to harvard college improv stupid 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 but um we went to we got invited to go to a a
3: A state school
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i went to yeah (laughs) we went to uh to the uh-huh. state school no um we went to harvard to perform and like i got drunk and i just wanted to hear about the beef that people had like i just was like does the stupid harvard lampoon have beef with the fucking whatever like i just I think wanted they have to have all
1: hear- kinds of beef i think they have oh, like they-
2: deep shit t- yeah so totally. good and, yeah and some people told me about the beef some people were forthcoming but then i i got one person and he's a real person that still exists in the world because i see him because he moved to new york he's a stand-up and um and he's like kind of more mature or i know that, that's not even that that's like my uh, p- um, projection onto him basically yeah. i was like drunk and i was like come on tell me the beef and he was like yeah i don't <laughs> think there's there's nothing and and later on, when I was sober, I was like, oh, he was really annoyed at me. Or like mm. I was, we were, and I think we were just generally being assholes. Like we went in with this thing of like, we're just gonna hang out with each other. Like not, you know, and and I just remember asking him that. And I'm like, I was stupid.
1: Like I was being stupid. I don't, I shouldn't have asked him that. That was like out of line. And I don't think it's funny. Cause sometimes you'll find someone who really is just like down to tell to you and then you have a great time. So I think that's totally. worth the risk, but you I need mean, someone you who doesn't want to do
2: it. Yeah. You got to metal detector them. you know, you have to like, the metal detector has to beep I for just, you, know, and you're yes. like, "This person's gonna tell me. This person's gonna open up," and I yes. chose the yes. wrong person.
3: Yes. I just think it's funny to like think of Felipe just like two drinks deep at a party (laughs) yeah i had i had like one beer (laughs) (laughs) totally really ungracefully like trying to pry information out of completely sober (laughs) college students (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable
1: yeah yeah i was at a like a social distance birthday party recently and uh, somebody was there who was like very involved in uh the occupation of city hall stuff And I heard him sort of say in passing, he was like, you know, I'm I'm removing myself from it because there's been so much like drama and infighting there. And I was like, I have to get you to tell me what that stuff is, even though I know that, like, you probably don't want to because people who really care about these uh, the Black Lives Matter movement obviously don't want it to seem to some outsiders like it's just a bunch of drama and infighting. But I was like, no, no, I'm going to like make this person tell this to me because I'm like too curious to. Honestly, my
2: my image of every activist group is just that it's totally rotten with like just drama, all, all of them. Like I, I assume that any activist group is just people fighting with each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems to be the case. And I, I don't think that means obviously that they're not doing important work, but it seems inevitable. Yeah, no, that totally. No, happened. but it's
2: just like I feel like all I hear about is like infighting. Actually, I did want to say I just want to talk about how just in terms of like when you bring an energy, when you bring in an energy and the other person's like not giving you the energy back. And I just remember I made this joke to a person that they like clearly didn't like. And it was Sam when we were we were filming that um that music video. Do you remember?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there was this woman on set who was like. Who was like um, uh, I don't know? She was doing some tech or, or was she camera person. I can't remember. But we were talking to her, and she told us that her regular job was at a like sex toy making company. And do you do you remember this, Sam? Do you know? No, what I
3: I'm about? I'm I'm vaguely remembering a, a, a faux pas.
2: So she's like telling us about this sex toy company. I don't remember what she did in it, but she was pretty passionate about it. And she was, t- <laughs> she was telling us about, like, this vibrator, which you can control remotely um, with a f- app. So you can do things like you can have sex with someone, um, like, over, you know, virtually. So they put in the vibrator, you control it, and you can, like, sort of, s- sort of touch them through the Internet, essentially. <coughs> and... And she was telling us about this and I just got this image and I I thought it was funny. So I shared it. I was like, because she was like, you can change like vibration, intensity, like all these different things. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's funny. Like when you say that, it makes me think of like a control room of people and they're like all controlling this vibrator and they all have headphones and they're like, oh, yep, more intensity. That's funny, dude. Just just, like a room of NASA NASA guys looking at a huge screen and they're like, bring up the intensity bring, up, bring her down
3: yeah exactly <laughs> she's yeah, about to so come exactly. she's,
2: she's about to come and she's I said that out I said that and I got like I got the iciest silence I was like this, she did not like me making that joke why <laughs> she why that's uh, no, she didn't that's like funny that gets funny uh,
3: <laughs> it's not a control room yeah. uh, that's not it's what it is it's a wellness center yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't happen <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
2: Sad, sad when you bring the wrong energy.
3: Bring the Very wrong funny energy. though, yeah. funny I st- in retrospect. I still
2: think it's funny, and it's, it's still funny. what yeah. it makes me think of. It's still what it makes me think of.
0: Hmm.
2: Sam, could you bring the camera down a little more so we can see so your head? Sure, not I kind slump into my chair. Yeah.
3: yeah, I get tucked into a nice little story, <sighs> you know, and I just want to listen.
2: How are we doing on time? We have another
1: half an hour, so we're doing really good. We have plenty of time to just say some other stuff and do some different topics.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm having a good time. Yeah. Um, Let me see if I got any.
1: How was you guys' trip? Or is that all you wanted to say about the trip? Was the thing about what happened to Sam on the drive? um what is what else is there to tell about the trip it's fun um you guys made some videos do you think that they're good i think they're great i'm excited i saw some footage from it and caroline showed it to me and it looked astoundingly beautiful it made me think why doesn't everyone just like shoot their videos like outside at a nice lit well lit time of day like i know it's a Yeah, it looked amazing. The the thing where you guys are at the creek and you're all standing at sort of like different distances and like kneel at different levels. Like it it looks like a painting. It's extremely beautiful. Yeah, but uh, but it was a lot of effort. It was like,
3: (laughs) what are you laughing at, Sam? (laughs) No, I'm laughing because it's true. We had to wake up like three mornings in a row Mm. to get this like to capture (laughs) like 10 minutes of light. Yeah, Yeah. and
2: you're like standing in the heat like the bug like there were so many bugs. It was like the whole time Mm. you just hear like like around your ear and it was hot and it was like really hard to and, get the right light like because
3: it kept the light kept changing and we and Felipe had a little bobby pin he had to keep putting in his hair yeah I had a little <laughs> because
2: my hair kept falling in front of my face yeah, so I kept bobby damn. pinning it in fact I have it in right now I've
3: been I bobby have, pinning I, I have about I've probably lost about two hours of my life in the past week wow. just waiting for Felipe to put in a bobby <laughs> pin we wow. would be like Ian would be like is everyone ready to go can we do another take? And Felipe would be like sauntering back to his starting (laughs) location, like not running at all. I was lumbering,
2: I wasn't sauntering I wasn't sauntering
3: I was lumbering because I was
1: tired because I was
2: tired, exhausted
3: going so slowly. I've never seen Felipe lumber,
1: he's light on his feet No, he (laughs) was lumbering
3: this time and he was like, yep, sorry, I just need to put my bobby pin in and then just you watch as like a boy who knows nothing about hair, beauty products (laughs) like trying to put his hair back wow that's very
2: funny I was that last day that we were shooting I kept like you know when you're lightheaded and you like vanish from, from your presence I just yes. it just kept happening constantly like I was like I'm either dehydrated or tired or something but I'd just be walking and I'd be like boom, boom. like I was just constantly fading out Damn. Of, of this world so I just think I was like really tired
3: <laughs> mm. that's what happens when Daniel Day-Lewis uh acts yeah. and all his rules a,
1: yeah you're right do you feel like you guys made content that sort of speaks to the yes. changing truth <laughs> to power coronavirus like it's going to connect with people you know people are feeling sort of anxious mm-hmm. and alienated and
3: it's going to be retweeted by all the right congresswomen <laughs> that's I want uh, good elon shared, shared omar is going to retweet right the new simple Town yeah. video <laughs>
1: How do you guys feel about when you go on these trips And you leave me out You feel good about that No I'll t- let me tell you this Sarah <laughs> I
2: said explicitly we should have brought Sarah Aww, I said multiple it people Aww, said that. Multiple people said that But someone's standing in
1: the way And I'll find out who it
2: is <laughs> <laughs> There's not that
1: many people in the group
2: <laughs> You know I don't even know why we didn't I, I guess no, I don't need okay. to like pry too much more into that Because I'm sure that if I did Someone would be like no I'd rather it be us But I did think about it and I was like We could have just made up a role for Sarah
3: yeah easily at, at one point we would we joked about how you know uh it would be nice to have sarah here because people could go off and have one-on-ones and talk about <laughs> yeah. how they're feeling about filming the thing yeah without it affecting all, the
1: group energy exactly yeah
3: and and how troubled they are about a certain dynamic that's <laughs> recently arisen <laughs> yeah
1: and I would have really enjoyed that. That's a really good role totally. for me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, next time we next time we will, I kinda wanna do this. I kinda wanna do more vids. Now that we know that we can do
3: it. Now that we know that it's vacation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> me too. How
1: was how was your week, Sarah? I um I went camping. Oh, so that's right.
2: You went camping.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I was in that? Pennsylvania in Amish country. Uh, It was funny because we drove five hours to get to Amish country, which is like an incredibly beautiful, you know, part of Pennsylvania, extremely pastoral and picturesque. And like, you just see these vistas that are so... um staggered with different farms and like children in literal like little pony carts riding around it's like so amazing but then our campground maybe john listens to this he picked it but he won't be offended our campground was just like a parking lot with grass around it that like we set up our tents in yeah that was like in no way natural or like it was like all the pains of camping with none of the like beauty and natural wonder that makes like worth doing something Mm. like that so it was kind of funny just tailgating just tailgating in nature just tailgating yeah yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird to hang out with people in the social distance world where you kind of like can't really touch anybody. And you're like, oh, this is kind of a nice proximal version of something we used to do. Um, but with a fear in the back of my mind the entire time that like uh, everyone's sick. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It was good, though. We had fun. I'll,
2: I'll share this about nature. My experience is that I don't know what's going on with me, but like I, f- I, I kept joking about it. But as I would walk through nature, I kept thinking, I want to be playing a video game where I'm in this landscape.
1: I've heard you say this before about like the glaciers of Argentina. You want to see a painting of the
0: glacier and not
2: the glacier
1: itself, which you should write a book about this phenomenon. I think it's (laughs) it's
2: like a sim. I mean, I I don't think it's that crazy, but, but I couldn't help but feel like a little, like this is fucked up. Like I shouldn't feel this way, but there's this (laughs) video game I play called rust, which takes place in this like beautiful lush, like, like i like to it's really hard and you get killed by the other pro players pretty quickly and it's like grueling and, and this kind is the of,
1: one where it's like um you start out you just have a rock or you're just like alone in the wilderness and then yeah can i can i describe it because i i think it's i think kind you of described it on like episode one of the podcast <laughs> oh, for real <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Fuck. but fuck. i'm not sure it's hard to remember but i definitely have heard you describe it in detail so
2: that's precisely it you just have to like Uh, get resources from the land and then like build like a little house and guns and i just like to play it because it's really beautiful like it's this huge like map and it's all grassy and the sun changes and there's trees and there's mountains with snow and there's like desert parts and there's caves like i'm just really amazed like i i don't know maybe maybe i just haven't played video games in a while or something but like something about it makes me feel like really like like I can't believe how beautiful it is and and I was like I don't know I mean I like being outside I I love hiking and stuff and I like being out in nature and I don't you know it's like I don't miss an opportunity to say how much I like it when I'm there and appreciate it but but then I was like I was like, oh, there's another pleasure, which is when I play it in the video game and I also have like a machine gun and I can run really fast. You know, I don't know. There's something like heightened about it or 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 not even like I have to replace one thing with the other. It's not that the video game is better than nature, but it's like another thing that's cool. And it made me really hanker to play video games.
1: Hmm. That's funny. Yeah, I think I always just think that in the form of like Oh, this would just be more immersive and better if I was tripping right now, which I was talking about before we That's got on that. That's funny. The, That's interesting. Yeah. Like when I went to the Coliseum in Rome, you know, and you're just like standing there and you're like, damn, hundreds or thousands of people have died here. Like thousands more have come and sat to watch people like be killed by lions. Like this is an incredible place. And all I can do is just sort of like feel hot and look at it and be like, hmm, Looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of tourists around, you know, and it's just like, damn, I really wanna like feel like what this is and like access it more completely. And I can't do it with my like conscious regular mind. So. That's instead You new-
3: you're just looking for the best deal on biscotti. Yeah. <laughs> you're just going around the Coliseum yeah. to different vendors. How
1: long do I have to be here before I can say like, you know, well, we saw it, so let's go. You yeah. go to the Coliseum and you're like, I
2: can't believe that thousands of people before me bought the audio tour. <laughs> thousands That's upon funny. thousands of romans uh got this brochure about the to read about the coliseum
3: <laughs> and this cigarette was smoked here not three days ago <laughs> the butt of the cigarette is, yeah
1: it's interesting to think about that now more people have been as tourists to the coliseum probably than ever like sat in it to watch a like live show Weird. have you ever
2: seen um <clears throat> have you ever seen what is that called when people do the pilgrimage to Mecca and they go to that black cube?
3: The Hajj is that
2: the Hajj? That's what's called the Hajj.
3: Mm-hmm. I think so.
2: Uh, was it you and me, Sam, that we saw that uh, uh, show, that art show, or was it me and Sarah Winnick? Oh, I don't know.
3: I don't know I don't what you're know. talking Let's about. Get so Sarah maybe you and Sarah Winnick. Yeah,
2: putting putting her on blast. But there was I saw this cool show. So it was about the Hajj, where uh, Muslims go on pilgrimage and they. I guess, I don't know exactly what they do. I think they pray in front of it. And um, it's like this huge square. And in the middle is a huge black cube. I don't know what it contains. I'm fucking it. I'm fucking this up. This is horrible. I have no idea what's in there. There's something in the cube and
3: WMDs I think are <laughs> yeah. in it. And Dust.
2: <laughs> I think it's filled with DVDs and books or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Well, and then Muslims go and they I think they I believe they pray uh,
1: there. It might
2: be. It you might be. A, a uh, you're making now. me nervous. Is there way you
1: can make the point without like saying a bunch of misinformation yeah. about like, sure, Islam? Sure, sure,
0: yeah. sure.
1: Um,
2: but but what was interesting about this this show? It was a show of photography, and it was uh, it documented like all of the buildings that have sort of built up around it, and it it kind of reminded me of when uh, Disney World first appeared like was built. That all around it was this like um, huge city of like cheap motels that were born around um uh disney world that looked really crappy and uh when walt disney made disneyland he like secretly bought all of this land all around disneyland in california all of this land around it because he was like i don't want that to happen again i don't want it to fill Mm. up with shitty uh, motels but anyways that's just a color anecdote but it's related in that this this
0: this this
2: show this art show of photographs was all about the like the hotels and like all of the kind of um uh auxiliary infrastructure of i guess it's uh medina is the name of the city um and it's like for instance so you have the hodge and you have the like the the square but all around it are these like bajillion dollar luxury hotels what are you laughing at it's <laughs> like just I just, trying to remember what we were talking yeah. about yeah <laughs>
0: no
3: it's, I, I i think it's charming when in the podcast we describe something that maybe a listener might not know about which is like some sort of social media phenomenon i think particularly of my mom but it's even funnier when the podcast is where we're trying to describe something that probably other people would know better than us
2: mm. <laughs> i'll say this I'll say this. It's true. I don't know a lot about this. I could Wikipedia. It. I think I can make the point but without I, I knowing anything. No, I love yeah. it. I love it. I think. <laughs> oh, I guess what I was going to say is, I think it's quite innocent. I don't think I'm saying anything offensive, even no. though I'm getting you for wrong. And the if it's not wrong. true in
1: this world, it's true in another. You know, it's true. So. There's
2: infinite uh, other uh, dimensions that this could be true in. I don't know what it's there's called. quite affordable hotels in another dimension.
3: <laughs> um,
2: no, but there's just these, like, bajillion, and the pictures were really striking because you'd have the square and all of this, like, um, all of this, like, worship uh, infrastructure, and then around it, these, like, mega, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, mega modern... Uh, super lavish hotels and there would be pictures of for instance like a room in one of the hotels that had a huge window where you could see the square beneath it and, and there was like a, a placard that was like there are like rich uh, rich people who will rent out the room year round and they won't go to it it'll just be rented out um, but it's just their room and they pay for it and it's like you know millions of dollars or whatever and then they go when it's time for to do the pilgrimage and um, but it was just like really striking. You should, I'm sure wow. if you're a listener, you can find pictures online. Uh, just <laughs> it, it was really wild just to see these mm. like huge towers. And it was sort of like, um, you know, when you see pictures of um, um, not Abu Dhabi, uh, Dubai, where it's like this, this like insane, impossible architecture. Future city. It, it's yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. it's this weird mix of like kitschy stuff next to, um, I guess, kind of traditional and uh Sacred uh, places. Mm.
1: Was that what an interesting like anecdote to, to tell? Was that, that worth, was interesting? The How it really, of time it took? And that was what the photo show was about.
2: Yes, the full photo yeah. show was.
1: I think it was about like
2: <laughs> um globalization and 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 modernity. And Sarah
3: having sex in the bath. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that is interesting. Hmm.
3: What. That kind of stuff happens a lot around like military bases as well.
1: What you get
2: yeah. a lot of kitschy stuff around them?
3: Yeah, like hotels and like prostitution and bars yeah. and stuff like that. It's interesting the like the like detritus of, of modern life that like builds up around a specific location.
2: Well, that's what happened around the yeah. UCB theater.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I was reading the um New York Times real estate section today and they do this like and regular thing about like someone's looking for a place to live. They have a budget and they show you the apartments that they look at and which ones they end up choosing. And um, just I was seeing like and thinking about like if I ever have saved up like such money that I could buy an apartment that costs 500000 or even $750,000 in New York like it's probably going to be a shitty studio apartment. And then to just like imagine I'm like 35, I finally have that money, I can finally buy somewhere to live. And I buy a studio apartment for me to live in with like my partner and our children. It's like living in a tenement in like the 1870s. Like my ancestors have like just arrived here. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I just made me feel like the future is so bleak in terms of like what, what places I'll be able to live.
3: Yeah. you're like a software developer but you have like a sooty nose
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it gets worse than like tenements have multiple rooms usually in them so I don't know
3: yeah but you have like a bajillion kids <laughs> and you're gonna have one gifted one sensitive child one. <laughs> Sarah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: that's wild I mean I figure like that's why a lot of people don't live in New York
1: that's why yeah
2: but most of most of America's population or at least half is concentrated in urban areas so someone's living here
1: Somebody is living here. I'm not sure who it is, but there's.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Who knows who lives here?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was funny to, like, during the the protests, like, earlier in June, that would, like, go through Manhattan and you'd be walking down these, like, streets where you know the apartments cost, like, a million dollars or whatever. And, like, when you're in Brooklyn, like, you know, a bunch of people would, like, come to the windows and, like, cheer and stuff because it's, like, other middle class, working class people. But in Manhattan, it would be like every 1000th window, an old woman would like lean out and blow on a vuvuzela or something. And it was just like some artist from the 60s who happened to get a rent controlled apartment who like still lives there. Uh, and then like all the neighbors are gone or like wouldn't come outside. And just interesting. Like, who are those people? I
2: think that like rich white people like Black Lives Matter. Well, oh, I totally. When, yeah. we were, when I remember marching through um, like Grand Army Plaza and you know how there's that big like fancy glass building next to it, and mm-hmm. it would—it's like you can see the huge like loft space with like a fucking Peloton bike. Yeah, and then the the people have a little piece of paper where they're like they've written Black Lives Matter and they're just like putting it up against the window. It's next to
1: their Peloton, so they can be on the bike
3: and <laughs> yeah, they can hold exactly.
2: it up while they're biking. Yeah. The most <laughs> pathetic, naive display of
3: tossing their yeah. curic machine yeah. out the window at a police car. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, I wondered, like, um there was a point where I was marching and we were like somewhere in Park Slope and it was after the curfew and we were followed by the police and like there was a lot of like old white people out in front of their brownstones like waving and cheering and stuff and I thought like well what if the police like kettle this block and we all need like the thousand people need to rush inside of all of these buildings are you gonna let us into your <laughs> yeah. house or are you gonna be like oh no, no 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 uh you're the street people we're the building people that's not yeah that's one, beyond our One scope. thing I
2: loved wait maybe we were maybe we walked in this protest together Sarah it was when we walked through like William we going to like, like the hasidic neighborhood the hasidic neighborhood yeah. and and like most of the hasidic people were just kind of curious which was interesting to see like there'd be like kids on their on the balcony like on looking, their scooters on, yeah all but there was yeah. one there was one fat hasidic guy and he was standing by and he was just like this like he was like wait fuck just so felipe is
1: uh holding his thumb up and just sort of doing a serious just, expression just
2: giving a thumbs <laughs> up and doing that face that's like pretty good <laughs> Pretty
0: good. Because like what I see, because people here. give the fist,
2: funny. but this guy like he was like the fist is not part of his like just you know gesture language. So he was just like, yeah, nice. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I didn't Pretty see good. anyone doing a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I liked him. It cra- It kind of cracked me up. That's very funny.
1: I'll say one other thing that's related to um protests, transformative justice culture. There's like so much stuff on Instagram right now about like healing and justice and mutual aid and all of this and it's uh uh you know uh, overall extremely beautiful but there's something to me about the language of Like the importance of like nourishing and feeding each other that like totally disgusts me and like it feels like sexual it feels like feeder sexual culture you know like people who get off on like spoon feeding people who can't help themselves
3: after after a long day just make sure to take a strawberry and dip it in dark (laughs) chocolate and put it in your in your comrade's (laughs) mouth (laughs) viscerally
1: it just like strikes me as such like I'm not nourishing any like or makes you think of like grapes of wrath and i have to like feed someone from my tit like it's, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just it's too nasty i don't want to do it and i don't like the idea of other people feeding me either so everything about it is just like stop stop Bre- saying breastfeeding
2: that. antifa breastfeeding yeah. antifa guys <laughs> the antifa guys are like little birds <laughs> opening their mouths <coughs> opening and closing their mouths yeah um that's funny I'm like man I'm so not on Instagram lately I haven't I haven't seen I'm like
1: kind of I'm kind of you'll bring up stuff and I'm like I have not
2: I'm not part of this discourse here
1: and healing and nourishing and caring and taking time and wow realizing the powers that only you have and this kind of stuff or at least my feed is like that how do you feel about that stuff
2: i mean i guess you um, just told us i guess you just told yeah. us how you feel about
1: it on principle i agree with <laughs> all of it but they I, I i object to like extreme corniness uh you know like there's something about some of the aesthetics of like the, the infographics about caring where i'm like caring is beautiful because it's ineffable and it's something that we just like do as humans like in the real world and when you convert it into like an internet uh post it just like makes it seem actually really reduced to me in a way that takes away like everything that's like profound and and cool about it um you know and I don't think that's just an aesthetic concern uh you know what I mean like caring is beautiful and doing an infographic about how I need to like take time every day to give myself a bath or
0: something like that. <laughs> makes
1: it seem so stupid. And I'm like, taking a bath is cool. Yeah, I don't know. Why do you have to ruin it?
0: But. Well, I've, I've,
2: I have two thoughts about that. And one is that like, I've, I've I've sort of drank the Kool Aid, and you know I'm like I've invested all this time into learning. Like you're taking a lot of baths. I'm taking maybe. a lot of baths. Yeah,
3: I'm get, you're putting I'm tea getting, tree oil on your I'm, damn I'm forehead. I'm trying to get breastfed at the protest. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: um, no, you know, like I've invested all this time into these like intentional like conflict resolution strategies and stuff and sometimes i'll like uh you know and and, and about how to like talk to people and like i statements and how to like avoid conflict and like talk about problems you have with your friends and stuff like that and then i'll step back and i'll hear people who don't do that shit and and i'm like oh people kind of do this anyways like off people people do that like human beings know kind of intuitively know. I mean, uh, often people do have fucked up ways that they interact with each other, but but also I think I sometimes underestimate how intuitive um just like being friends with someone is or how you like know how to solve a problem and tell people stuff even if you haven't like read a book about how to tell your friends that you have, you know what I mean, they have problems. Yeah, totally. Um but another thing it makes me think of is that I was listening to this like Argentine podcast about and it's like about sex kind of no it's not kind of about sex it's about sex and i was just reflecting on how much <laughs> i sometimes like sex positive language what it does for me it like it really de-eroticizes sex and it and it mm. makes it like these people were talking about they were like oh like sexual desire and like sometimes like it's night, like it's nice to feed sexual desire and like they were talking about have uh subscribing to like erotic artists on instagram and it's like sometimes you're scrolling down the the newsfeed and you see a butt and you think huh butts are beautiful and 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 it doesn't have to be about genital you know it's like it's not like you want to like jack off you just see the butt and it's beautiful and sometimes that's what sexual desire is about it's just sort of like and i was like oh this makes sex sound horrible like it doesn't sound interesting it just makes it sound like a cracker or something and i was just <laughs> reflecting on how that how, and i think it's related to what you're describing about like you know the like the language of like love and nourishing where it's like ah, oh, when you talk about it too much it just stops having the thing that it's that's interesting yeah. about it yeah
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so I think it's sort of a dangerous thing because those parts of life should be talked about and should be given like the importance that they deserve. And I think a lot of times they're belittled, like the importance of caring about your friends and stuff. Um, But the way that we're talking about it right now, I just find to be totally like I don't know. It just makes it all so hollow for me, and like guts it of everything that's like yeah meaningful about it. That's a good comparison.
3: Hmm. Let me ask you this though: Are there things that are? is it is everything made a little lamer if 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 talked about with like in with a, immense explicitness or a, hmm. or is it or is it just certain kinds of subject that should only be lit by candles and not by, <laughs> by like fluorescent lights? <laughs> yeah,
2: well, you know, conversely, uh, and I think this is the kind of your point. I was listening to that podcast called her daddy. Have you heard of this?
1: i think i explained um, this a bajillion times <laughs> i think you've explained it a bajillion times yeah but it's like a, a podcast with sex some, podcast uh, these hot women. yeah yeah and they're fighting now and there's they've stopped doing the podcast
2: yeah so well there's like a whole drama thing but i guess i'll explain it for the pod i know i've talked to this about about this two guys a million times but they're like a sex podcast they're these two uh young women they're like mega hot and like they talk about sex really uh explicitly and um and uh what else is there to say in way of uh exposition i don't know i well anyways i listened to a few of the episodes and they're like super they're the opposite right they're explicit about sex but they're not like um they're not like uh tender about it they're very yeah. much like when you're fucking and blah 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 you know and they they talk about it with all the kind of and even that I was like oh this doesn't this 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 doesn't like produce for me the feeling that like what's interesting about sex even though it's the opposite right it's like it's talked vul- like in a vulgar way and with and I was like, oh, this,
3: this yeah. also feels like... Felipe, you want, like, memoirs of a geisha style yeah. where, like,
0: <laughs> a, a, a,
3: a, a, per, a, a woman, like, is pouring a, nu- a Ex- man tea yes. and yes. her wrist, yes. her wrist, yes. her pale wrist is exposed yeah. to the man. Yes, yes. Yeah. a metaphorical <laughs> description
2: of sex through a fe- yes. feather's flight in the air. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well,
1: I think it sort of this explains, you know, the existence of something like poetry and, like, forms of language and art where it's not... Um, literally trying to translate what a feeling is into a didactic form of an idea. It's like, how can we use language, you know, to be oblique in the way that these things that we talk about are. Um, So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure what to, what the answer is to giving people directives about how they should be more caring without like ruining what caring is. Well, totally,
2: I mean, you know it in your life like I think I think I mean I think that's a little bit a thing I was feeling about like posting about social justice too, which is like not not specifically posting but like some of the some of the um uh, kind of injunctions or, or or directives that that you know people post on social media where it's like you know in your own life when something feels authentic and like organic and that you've done because of like a real relationship of care and and you know when it when it isn't when when you're like you feel like you're forcing whatever nourishment or something yeah. or when you're being told that you need to do it and you're like i don't i don't feel like i need to do that and so then it doesn't doesn't have meaning if if you don't feel that way i think that's right sam you ever take a bath
3: oh yeah oh yeah one, I hot or cold? One about every week? Hot or cold? <laughs> a cold bath in the morning, hot bath at night.
2: You lower yourself into I'll the Im- ice
1: like an athlete.
3: Sometimes I'll invite Will in as well, and we'll take a little bath Aww, together. That's nice. Yeah, with 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 suds.
1: oh and get each other all cleaned up. That's
2: good. Yeah,
3: and we have like toy ships and stuff, and yeah, it's nice.
2: Wow. Why don't you invite me?
3: You're not you're not the kind of bath type. Felipe no, that's true <laughs> you'd be there talking about how you wanted to do watch a video game about being in the <laughs> bath <laughs> yeah you're right
1: <laughs> oh dang that's, a, that's I,
3: I, I I'll say this having sex in water in a shower in a bathtub Not doesn't good. interest me Not at good. all not at all not at all interesting to me
1: what about on a on the sand and the wave is just sort of washing over you as the tide comes in horrible. i
3: don't think i'm interested in that either really? yeah. Dude, that's, yeah.
1: come on that's something really special
3: i would kiss a, i would kiss a person that way in that
1: circumstance but that's it yeah
3: hmm. yeah but even kissing is not that great when it's like really there's a lot of the environmental factors are extreme and by extreme i mean it's sunny out and I'm getting a sunburn <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm.
1: Mm. I'm trying to think of any other ways like I think this is interesting I hadn't really thought about this Felipe. Like the way people talk about sex like making it unsexual for you um, but I can't think of an example of that but that resonates with me in some way
2: I, well, I, I'll, I have, I'll say this. I do want to clear. I sort of stole the idea a little bit f- from a thing that Slavoj Zizek says, where he's like he's mm. like talking about the uh, the the father who is open about sex, and he's like, that's not good. The father should not be open. You know, the hmm. father should not encourage pleasure and love. Like that's not what sex is. Um, and I, I think that's like an elaboration of that idea.
3: Hmm. hmm. Well, I I I think there's. Uh, really a lot of different kinds of sex obviously and different reasons why you do it but I always um, really resonated with Esther Perel's point where like I think there's an element of sex the best kind of sex where you actually can distance yourself from your partner and kind of sort of take a pleasure for yourself from them um, rather than it being this kind of caring loving act but it's a little more like Like you kind of approach it with a little more sort of like maybe sort of playful sort of um, self-service or self-determination or something like that. And actually the best sex partner is the person who's like trying to
1: get off themselves and you get off yourself. And yeah, yeah. it's
3: like who, who sort of gets off through you rather than being like deeply concerned about whether you're having a good time. Hmm.
1: Hmm. I don't know exactly what I think about that, but that's interesting. It makes sense.
3: Yeah. Well, she describes a lot how like the detriment of a lot of relationships is that a lot uh, of sexual relationships is that couples too often sort of devolve into a kind of caretaking role with each other where they, they become like mother and that father, like for each other, and 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 begin to view their partner like not as like a kind of sexual object, but as like a person to take care of, um, and that's like a deeply unerotic way to like relate to your partner, and so you sort of have to be both like have have two hats and be able to switch between them like both be like i love you and i'm going to take care for you of you and care for you but also you also need to be like a sexual partner for me and, and there it'd be a little dangerous and there'd be like a little mystery and i wonder and a little, i wonder
2: if esther perel has ever seen her technique work with someone huh. Huh. <laughs> yeah good question
3: yeah what are you calling is that a way of calling bullshit Felipe? no
2: i mean i'm not calling bull. i think it's a i think it's a compelling idea and i think it's like yes if if you can achieve that it makes sense all, all of it makes sense but but yeah it's like i'm i'm genuinely curious has has she's had a lot of experience i'm like it seems hard to do it seems hard to both have been in a relation for a long time start taking you know because you do start taking care of someone because that's also a different you know how do you switch i don't know how do you switch? Yeah, that? I also <laughs>
1: think people a lot of people get off on like wanting to be someone's sex slave or something like that. And it's like then I'm being subservient to you and giving you what you want. And I'm concerned with your pleasure and you're taking it from me, uh, but I'm not your mom
0: yeah I'm
2: not I'm not your mom who's giving you sex pleasure
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not your mom I'm not here to suck I'm a little confused
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but I just think that like there's a dynamic where it can be like oh I'm kind of like getting my pleasure through you and that's what's hot for me or a lot of people like do genuinely get off on being like I want to give you pleasure and like I'm your sex servant or like that kind of thing you know that's an extreme BDSM type thing I just think there's different versions of you know that
3: so. i see yeah but i guess i guess that maybe maybe it's like a, a complication or like a finite a fine distinction but like you you understand that the person is like is at least like like enjoying themselves in whatever act they're doing it's not doesn't doesn't necessarily mean like if i'm like licking your feet i'm not like and and I'm your like piss pig or whatever. It doesn't mean like I'm only concerned with your pleasure. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like I, I get off know, on you, this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know
3: that they're they're a little freak. Man, too, if anybody's ever it. looking
1: at my feet, it better be because they're getting something out of it. <laughs> I don't I don't know about it um damn well i had only one other thing on my list and it's something that's not even interesting to talk about because it's too pop cultural but jeffrey epstein judge's son killed coincidence
2: yeah well i'll say this number one we are at time so we can oh. we can kind of wrap we can kind of wrap yeah we can, so we, can little... we can sort of hit on it give our takes and then we'll go. make some joke about it make some joke about the death of a 20 year old boy um it made me sad yeah. honestly to read about it. of sad yeah, but okay. I later on I was reading and like it, it doesn't seem to. It seems to be because the killer had like another beef.
1: Yeah, which I just find it's like this crazy thing. You know, they keep saying in sort of these different discourses like you can't respond to things by like being like, I can't believe this. This is unbelievable because it's like, no, this is the world we live in. But like, this is unbelievable. What the fuck? It yeah. is so horrible. Um, and so much in this universe of like horrible things surrounding this Jeffrey Epstein universe. I just like find it hard to understand that this is real life like it just is comically evil worlds uh did you see how like Trump, did you see how they like
2: during a, a press a press conference they asked him about gillaine maxwell and he was like i wish you the best i've met her on many yeah. occasions i wish you the best <laughs> yes <laughs> like, <laughs> that's yeah. so funny wild <laughs> I, I yeah i hope she does all right <laughs> um alright Sam what do you think about the shooting
3: I'm just learning about this right now so what mm-hmm. I'm doing is I'm I'm googling it Oh,
1: uh, Sam wanted to be warned if we were going to be talking about anything they needed to look up earlier wow.
3: well <laughs> it's true. We'll, um, yeah.
1: we'll, um,
2: we'll circle back in next week
3: yeah let's just keep talking about sex guys <laughs> let's just keep talking about sex stuff okay I can I can talk about that, that really oh, long yeah. oh i know yeah. you can
2: talk about that for <laughs> yeah. a
1: while and felipe's right that the the little boy dying is, is not funny it's it's very sad no so.
2: I, yeah you know you can there are times when you can kind of like uh abstract yourself from like a tragedy if it's sort of crazy enough but for some reason the yeah. detail that that a gunman came in and shot like her, i don't know i was like oh that that's not good i don't like that yeah <laughs> no, i don't like that did not, either did not make me happy to hear that you know i couldn't no, even be like no. holy oh shit epstein <laughs> i got epstein brain <laughs> epstein mania like i was like oh no poor woman
1: horrible <laughs> harrowing funny, event but, in her life and not worth it no career thing you could do in your career as a judge would be worth that well you know when you so, like i think yeah. i'm like
2: damn that woman's life is i mean it's like uh, there are many deaths that are happening all the time you know and and, tragically uh, tragically and that you know and we're talking about that at the hands of police you know like there's there's like a a lot of deaths to say this about but but i spent you know like with her that's like a little blip that's just like a little story a little news story that we read once and we're like that's crazy wow and then we move on but that woman like she's still she's still mourning
1: that and she's gonna mourn it forever Absolutely.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah,
1: it's extremely disturbing to think about that.
3: Terrifying. Yeah. I yeah. The kind of the kind of thing you you know happens in other countries, but when you see it happening here, it's like really scary.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: All right, I think we should finish cuz we're at time and we could we could talk for a religious talk when we're done
1: recording. Yeah, and we have to rest up cuz the feds are coming to New York City and we're going to have to fight them. Oh, Guerrilla war style in the streets. Do you think that'll so. happen here? i think i wonder if they cleared the occupation last night because they wanted to sort of like dissuade trump from like having some sort of optical reason to send the fuck my sense i don't don't know my sense is that the cops
2: here are like sort of because they're like bigger and more
1: organized they've
2: like avoided the level they've like been i don't know that we're like the level of unrest where that would
1: happen maybe i'm wrong about that Yeah, it seems sort of arbitrary. I don't really know, but it's just a frightening idea. So we got to be ready. The
3: N.Y.P.D.'s already like the biggest army in the world. Yeah.
2: And
1: every single one of them a fucking bitch. That's right. That's what they called AOC on the steps of Capitol Hill. Not to keep bringing up new topics that, that Stop, congressman all that saw topics. that news. Yeah. <laughs> just,
3: they called her a bitch. Yeah, the some police.
1: Texas congressman on the steps of Capitol Hill ran into her and oh, called her a fucking yes. bitch. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, the DNC, I mean, the, the Democrats, like they love, especially a feminist, a level one feminist cause that they can get behind. Yeah. So even though, you know, they sort of have their trepidations about AOC, they all closed ranks around her and were like, you can't be out here, <laughs> obviously acting like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, folks, that's it. We'll, we'll 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 talk about it next week. Let's
2: put a pin on it. Bye. Goodbye. Sam.
1: take say, say good night. Good night. Good night. Raisin Man Arena.